Thank you for checking out the Faith City Church Podcast. We believe that you'll be blessed by today's message. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. I don't want to keep you real long today, not more than two or three hours. <laughs> Sometimes my dad's old jokes just somehow... Yeah, remember the one he used to say, he goes, anyone here give me five minutes, anyone? Five, 10, 15, 20, and he start counting out? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Genesis chapter two. I'm excited to share today. Uh, you know, last week we, we shared about how essential it is to, to let go and to um, get rid of bitterness in our life. That's essential. And I really just got thinking about this idea of what's essential in our lives. And this came to mind that good relationships are essential. You know, there, there's so many people who have been in my life as I've, I've you know, grown up and, and, you know, now on the earth for about 50 years, can't believe that. But there's always these connections that I've had that have either helped me or hindered me. Has anyone noticed that? And I'm so thankful, though, to have such uh, great relationship with people, even, even newer friends who really have spoken to my life and been there for me and encouraged me. You know, I know it's easy to think, well, you know, pastor's got nothing to do but Sunday morning. They golf all year, you know, other than that. That's not true, though. Uh, we go through the same thing you do. If we have family, we, we get in fights with our spouses. Come on, can I get a hallelujah? Or at least arguments, not fist fights, but, you know, arguments. I, I wish my wife would agree with everything I say, but she doesn't for some reason. You know, uh, we have kids and things to do there, and sometimes things aren't as good as you want them to be, and you're working on getting through school and good grades and running them here, running them there, and then you just sometimes have a bad week. We all experience that. But, you know, I thought about the idea that these, these friendships, good relationships that I have in my life are so essential, someone that I can depend on, someone that I can count on. You know, we're all individuals, I believe, that are created by God with purpose. But what I found is that many times we can so easily forget that we can't fulfill that purpose that God has given us without others. We need to have others. Good relationships are essential. And so I want to look at Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18. This is a powerful statement. It says, then the Lord said, it is not good for the man to be alone. Say alone. I will make a helper who is, look at these next four words, just right for him. Say, just right for him. See, I know that the context of this is the creation story, but I think this speaks to us as humanity, that we aren't loners, that we can't do life alone, that we have to have these good relationships, that they're essential in our lives. And I believe that this just right for him here, this statement is so key. There are definitely relationships in my life that have helped me uh, in the best way to live out my purpose. But then there's been other times where I've had relationships that have actually deterred me from living out my full potential and purpose. Are you with me? And sometimes it's been hard to maybe sever those ties or to move from those relationships. And so I want to talk about that today, especially in this season of Thanksgiving. Can you believe Thanksgiving's on Thursday? How many are ready? I would say that I am most thankful for my relationships. What's that, Bruce? Are you ready? You're not? Okay. But I'm really thankful for my relationships. It's taken several years for me, and I believe that all of us on this journey, we, we grow, we mature. 
We begin to see things differently. But as I grow older, I see how essential relationships are. They're really necessary in my life, specifically good and positive relationships. You know, family and, and friendships have taken front and center for me in the past several years. How about you? And so I've even had to make some decisions when it comes to, you know, whether it's my business or that's a ministry to say, well, I need to have time off. I need to be with my family. It's so easy to just go and go and go and, and work six and seven days a week and go, wait a minute, what's going on? And before you know it, your kids are grown and they're out of the house. Sometimes we go and go and go and we forget that we need that time, that recreational time to spend with a friend, to just sit and talk and have coffee. There's been times where, you know, some really close friends of mine, we haven't gotten together for like months and then we finally do and we're having coffee. And when I leave, I'm like, wow, I just feel like re-energized. I feel warm inside. I feel good. Like, okay, why did I wait so long to do that? Now, I know you're used to me teaching, oh, Pastor, this is great. That's great. Have friends. Awesome. Where's the deep stuff, man? Because, you know, you always got something deep. Listen, there's not, nothing deeper than relationship. As human beings, we started because of relationship. Father, Son, Holy Spirit had relationship, a loving relationship, and they said, hey, let's go ahead and create a being in our midst to have relationship with. So our whole life's about relationship. You follow me? And so this is so important to see. And I've noticed something. When pressure comes, when, when bad circumstances pre- present themselves in the lives of people, what they think comes out. I like to think of it like this, that, that circumstances or, you know, we just went through it, you know, 2020, 2021. I mean, people were squeezed pressure squeezed and what was inside came out. Now, maybe the true self didn't come out, but maybe the lies that they believe about others came out. Maybe the lies they believe about themselves or God came out. And so sometimes that pressure, it's a good litmus test. I know that, you know, in in moments when I have extreme pressure in my life, I I try to be aware of what comes out of my mouth and what, what my thought process is, and it kind of can assess where I am and go, whoa, okay, there's, there's some things here in me that I need to deal with. I'm just being honest. And so in those times, we need to be, you know, cognizant of what's going on around us. But in relationship with others, sometimes we see others manifest things we never knew were in them. Have you ever been surprised how some of your friends have acted or maybe what they've said or how they responded to you or others? And you're like, whoa. Let me ask you this. Is anyone ever, let me, let me say this real specific. Did anyone lose friends over the last two years? I hear of it all the time. And unfortunately, I, I think to myself, were we really friends? Be, because if my friendship, my relationship is based on agreement with everything, there is no relationship. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I married my wife. I love my wife. But we don't agree on everything. But guess what? I'm not going to leave her. We get to just work through that stuff and sometimes agree to disagree. See, relationships should never be determined by agreement. Now, I know that you know there's certain things or certain people that we gravitate toward. That's just... It's just human condition. I understand that. But the best example I have in Scripture is Jesus. Jesus welcomed everyone at his table. 
Come on. Everyone was included. And he always had something kind to say. He always was looking for a way to give love, a smile, healing, restoration. And I think we're built the same way. But sometimes we can see our friends act in ways that we're like, whoa, that surprises me. And so I say that to say this, that it's really important to choose wisely when it comes to relationships. We say it again, it's really important to choose wisely when it comes to relationships. Who we surround ourselves with, who we trust with our struggles, who we tell our dreams and goals to, it really matters. Now, listen, I don't want this to be confused with this idea of the us and them mentality. I'm not saying that we reject people. Okay, there there are certain people, though, that we allow into this inner circle, this inner sanctum, if you will, of who we are. And and you have to be careful. There's times where I just kind of put my heart out there. See, pastors have this tendency to just give their heart to everyone. And uh, Bishop Jamie actually one time really helped me when I was going through just some hurt, someone who had said some hurtful things and, and left. And, you know, we go through this stuff sometimes as pastors. And he said, listen, listen, pastor, I've seen so many pastors who have got burnout in ministry because their, their heart became calloused. He says, you can't give your heart to every person. He says, but every person can have your hands. He says, hands can handle callous. A heart can. And so don't ever confuse that. What he was saying was, listen, every single person that comes through that door as a pastor, they have your hand. They're welcome. You talk to them. You're with them. But there's only certain people that you can completely give your heart to that you can trust people. And I believe it's not just for pastors. It's for all of us. Do you follow me? So let me say this, that everyone should be welcome into our circle as a friend, but we certainly have to make wise choices as to who has real-life influence on our hearts or on the decisions that we make in life in general. We'll look at Hebrews 10, verse 22. I love this portion here. This, This context is beautiful. The writer says, so let's do it. Full of belief, confident that we're presentable inside and out. Let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. I love this next phrase. He always keeps his word. Whew, isn't that powerful? But look at this next statement. is so cool. Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out. Did you hear that? Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out, not avoiding worshiping together as some do, but spurring each other on, especially as we see the big day approaching. This statement, being inventive. Think about when someone invents something. They're coming up with a new way of doing something. Have you ever thought about, you know, as a human being, loving people every day, going through the day going, okay, how can I love that person today? so they can literally feel and see the love. He's saying, be inventive in encouraging love and helping out. How can I help out today? Here's the thing. Is that what the church looks like today? I mean, some people say, "Eh, maybe, I don't know. Some people straight out say no. Well, I think it should be. Could we say it should be? And this, this idea of not avoiding worship together, can we can just simply say it like this. Don't avoid others. We're not loners. We can't do life on our own. Don't be a loner. And then the Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 12, he says this in verse 12, the human body has many parts, 
but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Now, I love that Paul calls the church, which by the way, the church is us together corporately, right? He calls it the body of Christ. He relates to it as a body. And then verse 24, he says, So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to the parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. You're like, Pastor, what does this have to do with relationships. This sounds more like a call to come to church. The people online are shaking a little bit. Oh no, he's going to say it. What's next? You need to be in church. That's not what I'm saying. Of course, this whole idea applies to us meeting together, but I think it also shows us how important it is to not be alone, that we can't do life alone. And if that's the case, we should choose friends wisely. Those that we surround ourselves, we should choose wisely. Choosing who you surround yourself with matters, and it's important to have others because we can't do this alone. Think about this. Every decision we make affects others for good or for bad. So when you decide to have a certain person in the inner circle, we have to make sure, is this going to take me down a good road or a bad road? We could even switch it around. Can I be the kind of friend that's trustworthy? The kind of friend that sees things in someone's life and because I know them and I have their heart and they have mine, I can speak the truth in love. I've heard a lot of Christians say, I'm just speaking the truth. I'm like, yeah, but there's no love present. Big difference. And I've also found this, that if I don't know someone, going up to tell them what they should do is probably not going to work out really well. So we have to do the hard work of building relationship with others before we even have the right to speak into their life. Uh, several years ago, I, I saw this. Uh, I don't know if it was something I read or something I saw. My wife absolutely loves, you know, National Geographic and, and uh, what's it called, Nat Geo now. And she loves these, these animal shows. And I'm kind of like, I got to be in the mood. And she'd be like, honey, honey, come here. Look at this. Look at the, the baby bear cubs and look at the stuff. Look at the insects. And she loves this kind of stuff. But I heard this stat. This was just staggering to me. That really is a great relationship example. And it was about bees. Say Bees. Did you know that through pollination, that bees are responsible for up to a quarter of the world's food supply? Their relationship with you and I matters. Scientists actually say that if bees didn't exist, if they just went out of existence, that we literally could live for about four years and we're done. That, that's pretty powerful. This shows how important relationships are. How much more is our relationship, the importance of our relationship, when it comes to having the right people in our lives? See, the right relationships are the key to our success. Now, when you hear something like this, I'm not saying the key to more money and more prosperity. Listen, I know in the business world, who you know does matter. I'm part of that, and who you know does matter. But I'm talking about success in your life. Some of us need healing in our emotions. Some of us need to uh, work through hurt and pain in our life. Some of us need to have a better path, and we just can't quite see the way. And I believe that right relationships are the key to our success. And that relationship starts with God. Come on. 
But it isn't just this one-on-one thing. I love that I have a, we say it, a personal relationship with Jesus. That's great. But you know that we're actually supposed to have a communal relationship with Jesus as well? In fact, when you look at the church and you look at the words of Paul, it's all about this body that works together. So I just want to take a few minutes here and talk about this idea. Because relationships are an important part of our life. That's why understanding how you know, specific relationships affect our lives and why that's essential. So over the next few minutes, I don't want to take a lot of time, and this may not be easy. I'd like your participation. As we're going through a few scriptures and we read some of these verses, I want us to think about our current relationships. How are these relationships affecting us? Is there a specific relationship that's hindering or maybe helping us to be the best version of ourselves? I think this really matters. Does that make sense? And so as we go through this this morning, I want us to think about that. What relationships do you have, especially those who are close to you? Paul says this in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15, 33. He says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Now, how many have heard this verse before? I think my parents quoted this to me several times when I was hanging out with someone that I probably shouldn't be. And so I'd just be like, you just don't want to have fun, you know? And let me say this. This is kind of wild. I've been in relationships that deep down I knew it wasn't good for me, but man, it just kind of was fun. I was enjoying being bad. I was enjoying going down the wrong path, but that always seemed to come back and bite me in the rear end. How about you? And so maybe our parents had some wisdom there. Maybe they could have spoke the truth and love a little more. But I know this as a parent. Sometimes we don't say it perfectly, but we have been through certain things, and so we just try to help them avoid, right? But he says, bad company corrupts good character. Now, in context here, if you look at the whole chapter, the Apostle Paul here, he's talking about who we are in Christ, He's talking about this, this beautiful thing that happened where we, were, we, we were, were dead and buried and resurrected in Christ. This is who we are, and there's nothing that can take us out of the reality of who we are in Christ. But when he makes this statement, this is an important warning to us to not allow anyone, especially in our relationships, to give us a distorted view of who we truly are. And this is a warning He's not saying those people are evil, stay away from them. He's saying there's certain people that aren't good for you. And so when I was in relationships where I just was acting a fool, I wasn't doing things right, those relationships were literally taking me down a pathway that went contrary to the truth of who I was. You've heard me say this before, but the word sin in Scripture, in the New Testament in Greek, is the word hamartia, and it literally means to live outside of your true identity. So many times we hear that word sin and we cringe, you know, because pastors say that word, and they, they say it loud, and they point fingers when they say it. But really, what if we were to tell people, listen, sin is simply, and all those actions that you see, they come out of not knowing who you truly are. And how many know when you hang out with the wrong people, when you let them, uh, you know, influence your life, you may start to operate outside of your true God-given identity. And that's when those things begin to happen. So he's warning us, don't let others be careful of relationships because some relationships will actually give you a distorted view of who you truly are. In other words, who you surround yourself with really matters. 
And so the question is this, are your current relationships hindering or helping you to be the best version of yourself? Now, I know this isn't easy because I've been in relationships where I was invested. I was invested emotionally, maybe even physically, and I just didn't want to let it go. And so there, there may be some of you today going, you know, I, I know deep down that I need to make a, a better decision. I, ne- I need to cut some things off, but it's really hard. Well, guess what? Jesus is there. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll help you through even the hurt and pain of maybe cutting off some of those relationships. Proverbs 20, verse 6 says this, Many will say they are loyal friends, but who can find one who is truly reliable? You ever been in a situation like this where you think, man, my friend's got my back in this situation, and then they disappear? You're like, what happened? See, true friends are truly reliable. We could literally say the proof is in the pudding. (laughs) I love this in Proverbs 27, verses 5 and 6. An open rebuke is better than hidden love. Now listen to this next statement. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. That's a pretty powerful statement. And, and I don't see it as, at least my interpretation as, yeah, when your friends beat you up till you're bloody, it's great. How many know this, though, that when a true friend speaks truth into your life, when they see something that's not right, it hurts. And we've heard it, the truth hurts. And there's been times where, you know, I, I know, I know that you care about me. I know that you're there for me. I know that you got my back, but I don't want to hear this right now. And, and, and what this is saying is, listen, those wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. I've had other friends, or I thought they were friends, who just went along with the program, found out later they were getting something out of it that benefited them. So for them to just keep me on that road, and, you know, maybe it wasn't even on purpose. Maybe they were just in a situation where they had their own blind spots and didn't see things straight. But I think it's powerful to realize that a sincere friend will speak into your life, and guess what? It, always, it doesn't always feel good. It's not even always welcomed. But deep down we know that when they speak the truth in love, they care about us, that healing can come if we receive those words. And we say, okay, there's something here. Let me think about this. I've had times where I just say, Hey, I hear what you're saying. Let me mull this over a little bit. Let me deal with this. Let's just stop it right now. I need to, you know, work on this. And then later I come back and say, thank you for being a true friend. Thank you for seeing, you know, that in my life. It was a blind spot and I didn't see it. And I needed to hear that because I want to be the best version of myself. Now, again, when we read these scriptures, we need to ask ourselves, who are the friends who have been there? Who are the true friends who are making the most impact in our lives when it comes to our character, when it comes to living out our full potential and purpose in life? Those are the people you want to keep close. I've got a couple friends like that. I can trust them with my heart. I can trust them with anything. I know that they're going to tell me the truth, whether it's something I want to hear or not, but I know at the end they've got my back. Isn't it awesome to have friends like that? Pastor, where's the deep stuff? This is deep. Life's all about relationship. If you you wake up one day, I've never heard anyone on their deathbed, and unfortunately or fortunately, depending on the circumstance, I've had the opportunity to see people literally there about to pass away or pass away. I've never, never heard anyone say, man, if I just had a few more days to make a few more dollars. Never. 
the only regrets that I ever hear are relational. I wish I would have spent more time with my children. I wish I would have been a better husband, a better wife. I wish I would have actually taken time and spent time with my grandchildren. Man, I wish I would have actually taken time and invested in friendships because I have no friends. You know, the hardest thing for me is when I meet with a family for a funeral, and there's a couple of funeral homes around here. If someone doesn't have a pastor, you know, they'll, they'll reach out and say, hey, can, can you, you know, do this funeral and officiate? And if I can, I will. And it's just so cool how God can just set these, these moments up where it just seems like it fits. Does that make sense? But I'll have these conversations with people. And the hardest thing for me to hear is a family who says, well, I really don't know what to tell you because I couldn't stand him. I couldn't stand her. They have family members or children say, we couldn't even stand them, but we got to do this thing. That's a hard thing because then you're up there going, what do I say? How can I be genuine? You know, it's great when you sit with someone and they have great stories of how good dad was or mom was or, you know, how they would do this or that in their relationship and funny stories. And it just kind of inspires you to go, wow. I mean, now, fortunately, I've had most were good. I've had some opportunities where it's just like, wow, this person was like, like Jesus walking on earth, just an amazing person. And those are easy funerals, right? But some people, man, they just don't have relationship. And so I think it's important, especially as we grow older, and hopefully younger people can hear this and start to put this in the practice now, that relationships are the most important thing that we can have in life. Proverbs 27.9, it says, The heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. Isn't that beautiful? Now, I've had times where, you know, good counsel from a friend, it's meant so much. It wasn't always like, hey, man, back off. You know, there's times I'm like, you know what? I've already been seeing that. I'm already dealing with that. This is just confirmation. Thank you so much. And it's true. It's like sweet perfume. It's like someone's got my back. Because none of us want to be alone. None of us want to live life on our own. We may think we want to. And I've got a personality where I can do without people for a while. I usually say this, that, man, relationships would be so easy if people weren't involved. But the thing is, people have to be involved. And so even though I can step away, I can have hours at a time on my own, and because of my personality, I like that. I can sometimes re-energize in those moments, especially if it's been a, a family party or we're going out shopping. I go because I love my wife, not because I love shopping, right? You, you do those things. But after I've been around crowds of people, I'm like, I'm ready to just disconnect for a while. But here's the thing, even people built like me, we need relationship. If nothing else, we need to know that there's someone in our corner who cares about us. Proverbs 27, 17, this is a really uh, popular verse, um, especially with like uh, you know, men's breakfast or something like that. Look at this. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. But it's not just for men, is it? When I was reading this this morning, this scripture, I thought about this idea of sharpens or sharpening, and I actually pictured an arrow. You know, when you, because an arrow is sharp, right, or it should be, but when you shoot an arrow, it has a destiny, right? It has a purpose. I've never seen any, any archer just 
start just flinging arrows around just for fun. Hey, let's, let's see what happens. No, there's a specific target. We could say there's a bullseye, right? And I think about this idea that there's certain people in our lives that will sharpen us and even define us in such a way that it literally determines where we land in life. I've had people that have, have literally pivotal points of relationship that have completely changed my trajectory. How about you? Like you were going one way, you weren't quite sure, you have this relationship, and it told, now sometimes it can go in a bad way, but thank God I've had a lot of good ways where it's shifted and it's changed, and it was all because of a specific relationship. Relationships are important. They're essential. So I want you to think about this today. If we were to evaluate our relationships right now, our current relationships, are there any that need to be reprioritized? Now, that's a hard question, but I want you to ask yourself the tough questions. And listen, I'm not advocating necessarily that you just cut people off from your life. Okay, I'm not saying that you just, you know, especially don't call your husband and say, I'm cutting you off. You're toxic. <laughs> Pastor said, oh, my gosh, I married you anyway. But I'm not saying to just cut people off. You just may have to put them in a different spot in your circle. And that's not a bad thing. Does that make sense? Let me explain it this way. Jesus had different relationships. He had literally hundreds, even thousands of people that would follow him. And he would heal. He would lay hands on the sick. He'd heal them. He'd, he'd talk to them. He'd comfort them, right? But then he also had this big group that would follow him city to city wherever he went. And then if you take that down a little further, he had a specific 12 whom he called. But you know that not even those 12 were in the inner circle? There were three, Peter, James, and John, who were in the inner circle. Jesus is the perfect example of you can include and be inclusive and welcome everybody as a friend, as, as someone to have a relationship with. You don't have to reject anyone, but there are certain people that you let into the inner circle. You follow me? And I think this is a great example. I think we need to do everything we can do to include everyone in every relationship or in relationship, I should say. But there are times, listen to me, there's times where there are particular individuals who are so toxic that you may have to make the hard decision to cut them off. And sometimes we might get this mixed up because we think, well, love, man, you just gotta love everybody. I get it. But you're supposed to love yourself. And love doesn't mean that you let someone abuse you whether it's verbal abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse, there's times you may have to go, you know what? And we talked about this last week. I'm going to release forgiveness. I'm going to release you. I'm going to walk away from this particular situation. You're way outside the circle because this is not good for me. It's toxic. But I still love you. There's a difference. Because I've seen people say, yeah, I'm cutting you off. And then it turns into hatred, unforgiveness, and bitterness. And then it takes you down. So it's important that we see that there may be some situations where you have to say, I just have to cut this off. This is not doing me any good at all. And it's not an easy thing to do, but I believe that it's really and very necessary. So think about this. Which people in your life really mean something to you? Have you thought about the people closest to you? 
the ones with whom you spend the most time, the ones who really have influence over your life. Whether you know it, whether you like it, or whether you want to admit it, the people that we are with the most have a huge impact on the way we live. I've seen it on my life through the years. I can look back at certain people I had relationships with, and it took me down different pathways. See, God designed us this way, which takes us all the way back to Genesis 2, verse 18. It's not good for man to be alone, but we need someone who's just right for us. Does that make sense? We aren't supposed to journey this world alone, but who do we choose to be in our lives? Here's the thing. It's not about being better than someone else. It's about making better choices in relationships for yourself. Because sometimes we may not break something off because we think, well, I'm not better than them. It's not being better than someone else. It's making better choices for yourself. And sometimes we get so caught up with what other people will think that we don't do the right thing for ourselves and say, hey, this isn't working out. I need to change where you are in the circle of my friendships. I'm going to wrap up with this, Proverbs 17, 17. You can stand with me. It says, friends love through all kinds of weather and families stick together in all kinds of trouble. This is what I want for my life. I want true friends who will stick with me through thick and thin, no matter if I have a good day or a bad day or what's transpiring in the world around me. I want my family to know that they're loved, that we love, that we stick together. Every Friday night, we have family night. We've done this for years, and rarely does it change unless we're on vacation or something comes up. But I'd say 95% of the time, on Fridays at 5, don't show up at my door. Anyway, at Fridays at 5, family's welcome. Be there. Let's be together. It might be two hours. It might be four hours, but let's be together. And maybe for some of us, it's doing a better job of not just texting and saying, hey, we should get coffee sometime with a friend. (laughs) It's so easy to text, isn't it? And then two years later, you're like, hey, what about that coffee? That's important. So let me just say this. I'm thankful for good friends. I'm thankful for family relationships, family who actually tolerates me and loves me. That's pretty cool. And those who have my best interest in mind. How about you? Hope you received that today. I know it might not seem like, oh, super deep, but I just just felt that stirring all week. It's just looking at my family and looking at my friendships and just being so thankful. Like, thank you, God, for putting people like this in my life. Because I don't know if I'd be where I am today if it weren't for people like this. I don't know if I'd be continuing on doing what I do if it weren't for people like this in my life. And maybe you're here today going, man, I know exactly what you're saying, Pastor. That's me. I've got those key, those key people in my life. But maybe you're hearing this and going, man, I need to make some decisions. I need to reprioritize today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. We thank you first and foremost for that relationship that we have with you. A relationship that we didn't even have to ask for. It was just provided. It's a connection that all of us have from birth. So maybe for some of us today, the first thing to do is to awaken to that connection. Maybe you're here today and you're like, you know, I've not even really gone to church. Maybe you're watching online and 
I'm not sure about this God, but I feel like I should connect. Well, first of all, you're already connected, but you're just awakening to that connection. And by faith, all we do is we take hold or lay hold of what's already been provided. We say, yes, Jesus, I want this relationship with you. I receive this relationship with you. And what's so cool about that is Holy Spirit, who's always been there, working on your heart, working on your thought process, is there to help you through life, no matter what you're going through. But I also believe that Holy Spirit is helping each one of us to connect to the right people, people that we need, who we can share our heart with and be honest with. So I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you've already set up these divine moments of interaction. Maybe there's someone that they already have relationship with, those who maybe don't feel they have something like that. And you're already setting that up so they don't feel alone. They don't feel like they don't have someone they can share their life with and be honest with, knowing that they have their best interest in mind, knowing that they have their heart, knowing that they're going to speak the truth and love. And so we welcome those relationships. Maybe for some of us here today, we have to make the hard decision. And maybe we've already known all along, Holy Spirit, you've been telling us, hey, you need to, you need to scale this back in this relationship. You need to cut this off. It's toxic. It's not helping you. It's taking you the wrong direction. You're going the opposite way. I'm with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. But what you're doing is hurting you. And I don't want you to be hurt. So maybe you're here this morning and that name came up and it's like, ah, oh, this is going to be tough. We'll just pray through it. Know that God is with you in this moment. And in the moment that maybe maybe you don't have to say anything. Maybe it's just something where you uh, slowly you know, move a little further away. But maybe it's a relationship where you have to just say, enough's enough. This is over. I pray for the strength and courage to follow through and to do these things. And no matter what, we know, Heavenly Father, that you're with us. We have a relationship with you. Continue to show yourself in, in new ways that we've never seen before. Let people experience your love and grace like they never experienced before. We know that that's what brings true heart change in our life. We thank you for these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Did you receive that this morning? For more information about Faith City Church, please go to faithcity.tv. As always, we pray that you would grow in the knowledge and grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.